To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, I got a brand new podcast for you. So this week I have on John Barklow from Sitka. Um, this is from the ATA show. What a great guy. I really enjoy talking with John Barklow. He's as hardcore as they come and a diehard bow hunter. Um, we, you know, in this conversation, we talk about improving our archery game and, and John, you know, he, he went to shooting back tension, shooting a hinge release this year, and he's just making major changes to his game all the time to become better. Um, He's a- absolutely the the best guy for the job. He's in charge of, of the the big game there at, at Sitka, and um, he just comes up with some great gear. He 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 thinks the same way about archery as he thinks about gear. As he's always trying to improve it, always trying to make it better. He's always working on new stuff, which it it's so fun to talk to him to hear his ideas. And 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 I swear this Sitka brand just builds gear for me. I'm always so impressed, and, and I. Just when I think I have it all, and I do, I'm so fortunate I get a lot of gear, but they come out with something new that I need, like the this one we talk about, oh, this shelter this 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 um that they came up with that you can hide from the sun, lightweight shelter. Anyways, they came up with that. They came up with this another insulating layer that I that I really want to get. But they just build the absolute best gear going, and John's the best guy to have on the podcast to talk about it. But but we talk about about gear. Um, but, but we talk about bow hunting a lot and, and different adventure hunts. And we talk about this wild, uh, uh, wintertime goat hunt that, that these guys are getting ready to go on, which I talked to, uh, Steve Drake about as well, but, um, just a great conversation. And I really like John and he's just great for the podcast. So thanks to him. He, he's one of the busiest guys there at ATA. Uh, thanks to him for taking the time and being on. I really enjoyed it. I know you guys are going to enjoy it too. So the sponsor for today's show is Sitka Gear. Sitka just builds the absolute best technical mountaineering gear on the planet. I'm just so impressed by this gear. I find, you know, it it, it it's even better than a lot of these other outdoor brands. Um, it it just um they they put so much emphasis in their design and and so much emphasis on the the, the right fabrics, uh, their weight. They they've just absolutely thought of it all and are constantly trying to evolve it. So I'm just so impressed. I think it's the best Best hunting system out there. I absolutely love their camo patterns. I think it makes me a better bow hunter. Um, you can get just get away with with so much um, wearing that that camo. It just breaks up your outline so well. But uh, they they have just thought of everything. Um, I, I couldn't be happier to have them as a sponsor on the podcast. So thanks to those guys for everything they do and and for building that such great gear. It just makes me me better at bow hunting. And with that, um, yeah, just a really fun trip to ATA. Um, man, it's fun hanging out with those guys, fun meeting new people, uh, fun to have those authentic conversations. We just recorded some great podcasts, and, you know, the pressure's on. You get there, and you're going to record, you know, five or six podcasts in a couple days, you know, along with with um, going out to dinners and, and uh, hanging out with different people. So um, the pressure was on to really get some good recording recordings, and I really wanted to be at my best for you guys just to – um, I knew I was getting some really good guests on, and so I just wanted to make sure I was having interesting conversations that that helped me be a better bow hunter and really help you guys be a better bow hunter. And uh, I really feel like I accomplished it. It was just a great trip and and um, really fun hanging out and meeting new people. So I just can't say enough. And and um, just want to thank Eastman's for for everything they do, believing in this podcast and. Um, you know, they, they pay a pretty hefty bill for me to go to the ATA and, and, uh, you know, be able to stay there and, and, um, meet these people. So I, I just, uh, what a great company. Um, I, I really like Iken Guy Eastman. Um, they, they really run a great corporation. I just couldn't be prouder to be part of it and to have this podcast and, and, um, just so, so fortunate for the position I'm in and, and uh, with that, I, I get to go bow hunting, um, get to head down to the desert now. So, yeah, just going to finish this podcast up, um, 
get it out to you guys and then um, get on the road here. Gosh, I got 24 hours of drive and it's killing me. I woke up early this morning to get things done and um, it'll take me a little bit, but uh, I'll be on the road before I know it. Just super excited to get down to the desert and start spotting some deer and, and uh, start bow hunting, covering some miles and um, living in the dirt. It's just, uh, it it's my dream to live in the dirt as much as I can. I just absolutely just eat it up and and uh, live for it so this is going to be a, a fun trip and uh try to get some more recordings down there i got some great ones coming up for you guys and and talking to some great guests and so um i, I just want to continue to evolve this podcast to make it the you know the very best hunting podcast out there or at least to, to bring you guys information to make you better bow hunters so i'm um, just going to keep working hard at it and um with that that's a wrap I think I covered everything, right? Covered sponsor, introduction. Yeah, we're good to go. So um, here we go. John Barklow from Sitka, Eastman's Elevated. Okay, I'm live here at ATA. I'm with uh, John Barklow from Sitka. And I was telling you earlier, John, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and being on. That Sitka booth is going crazy here at the show. I don't know how you can even break away for a few minutes. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate the offer to do this because it gets me out of the booth for a little bit. Oh, um, there you go. I, I like to say it's uh, not that I've actually been there, but my guess is it's like a New York City nightclub on a Saturday night. I mean, it's just so, so busy, but it's fun. It, it helps us pass the time. It, it you know, you put all this work into something for an entire year. And I mean, when I say year, like from one development year to the act, the next, but it's actually a lot of times two to three years, you bring something to market. Mm -hmm. There's something gratifying about seeing people get excited and stoked about, you know, something you work Mm -hmm. so hard on. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's cool. I I look forward to show season, although it's exhausting. You said this is your first show ever. Yes. So, I mean, if you're an archery hunter, is this not kid in a candy store type oh this stuff. is the place to be yeah it's wild um yeah. yeah all the new products are out uh it seems like everybody has a booth and then just to run in and have conversations with so many different people yeah. and i'm i'm hoping to, to wrangle quite a few and get them on the podcast but um yeah what a cool deal and what a cool booth you guys have set up there at sitka yeah um yeah, you were just showing us some of the products. We did like an Instagram live on it. That one layer, I cannot stop thinking about. What did you call that layer? The sleeveless one. Yeah, the Kelvin Active Hoodie. God, I like that layer. Kelvin Active Hoodie. It's like, you know, it's technology meets just great design, yeah. in my opinion. You yeah, know? so describe it again for me. We described it on Instagram, but it's got the sleeves cut off of it, and right. it's an insulating layer, right. and it's super lightweight. Like, it's great for backpacking, but... You know, there too, it's just great for day hunting, you know, three-day hunts, whatever the case is, just to have in your backpack. But I really like that insulating layer. So what's the fabric or what's the design of that one? Yeah, so I don't ever, I'm not sure if people like me to geek out on this stuff or not, but I'll I'll, I'll geek out on it for a little bit. I'm sure we'll get into bow hunting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. But but so it's called the Kelvin Active Hoodie. And so we came out with a Kelvin Active Jacket uh, two years ago, 2017, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, been one of my favorite jackets ever it's like super lightweight breathable that's the one i you know can get wet and walk it dry etc and Mm -hmm. and uh just a great piece but this last year we came out with that apex hoodie that's got the face mask and the elbow pads and all that kind of stuff and the wool and that's really become one of my you know favorite kind of go-to pieces for elk season mine too yeah and i realized when i put the kelvin active jacket over that apex hoodie uh, like, let's say I'm hiking up and, you know, you're hiking up in the dark to get to a glassing knob or, you know, listening for bulls bugling or something like that, that if I were to go into a stock that the elbow pads under the apex hoodie were covered up by that jacket. Mm-hmm. So then I'm grinding holes in my jacket, you know. And uh, so I started thinking about how to work around that. And so anyways, what we have is this Kelvin active hoodie, and I'm calling it the perfect layering piece for go over the apex hoodie. And so that's kind of the design feature. It's got a kangaroo pocket. It's got the half sleeves and a hood. And the half sleeves, you know, as archery hunters, you don't want a lot of bulk on your forearms. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've never actually experienced cold forearms that I know of. <laughs> um, but I have experienced a lot of bulk building up on forearms as you begin to layer jackets over top of different things. And I've definitely gotten string slapped before. I mean, designed to bows are, are definitely better now to 
to reduce that. I still um, run into it too. It's a yeah. major issue with me in that late season. I have to really that, practice that with season, my layers. And especially if you're like your the angle of a shot is, you know, something awkward like yes. you know, downhill or, you know, cross canyon or something. And if it slaps that arm, your shot's falling it, low. It's it's there's no doubt. Yeah, and especially western ranges at, at yeah. forty or fifty yards, yeah, there's, there's no, no way you're not even close. Yeah. Yeah, it's a major issue. Yep. So I really like that that you can layer without the bulk. Yeah, so yeah. I so I we, we went to half sleeves and then um but i didn't want to just copy the kelvin active jacket although that was a great piece i thought i'm always you know i'm always just trying to do something better mm-hmm. or just push the envelope as much as i can and that's what I, I i personally appreciate about sick is one they allow me to do that and as a consumer before i started with the company i i you know i enjoyed looking at the new stuff and buying it trying it out uh so we came out with a what's called a polar tech alpha direct insulation and so what that is when you know when when if somebody were to look at the facebook live or you know what you saw is we have a four-way stretch nylon face you know the outside the shell and then we took this polar tech direct alpha insulation and it's on the inside and that's it there's no liner and the when you look on the inside of that garment and you see the, the, the fuzzy stuff, the furry stuff, mm-hmm. that is the insulation and it acts as the liner. So it allows you to make a lighter weight garment. It increases the breathability. It increases the moisture management, so the ability to move moisture. Um, that thing is just ridiculously light, right? It's super quiet. It's like everything that an archery hunter would want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I, but nobody's made it yet. That's what I love about you guys is right. you're pushing the envelope on technical right. mountaineering gear. Yeah. And so I see that and I just fall in love with it. And yeah. now I can't stop thinking about that layer <laughs> and how much I need it. But um, yeah, it's just really cool stuff. And I was just, I was in your booth and you guys have a, a, a bunch of the Sitka athletes there. And so I, I ran into Steve Drake there and I was talking yeah. and say, oh, what's what's your next thing coming up? And we're kind of visiting about hunts and he's going on that, that mountain goat hunt with his bow um the wintertime mountain goat hunt oh, yeah. in bc in again BC. and talking about that yeah. but but you need the absolute best gear made to go and and do something like that he was saying last year they got a foot of snow and, and steve goes on a lot of extreme hunts and he said you know he's got the butterflies he's a little sketched out he knows that they're in avalanche danger yeah. a bunch of type a personalities and they're chasing mountain goats with a bow in the yep. winter time yep. that is just wild to me it's so fun to visit with him about something like that or on this adventure he's going to have but he couldn't do it without that technical mountaineering gear and and i couldn't either the stuff that i do yeah well i don't think we've ever talked about it but you know living in alaska i did a lot of late season mountain goat hunting and uh you know, I, I, I came real close to, to you know, dying a few times. I Man. mean, it, it is it is it is dangerous, um, but it, there's some of my best hunting memories ever. And I had to I had to quit for a couple of years. Like I felt like a drug addict. I'm like, I gotta quit or this is gonna <laughs> kill me, you know. And uh, and then I kept going back. So you know, we talked about it, and um, I, I won't tell you what we're building, but you know, we're building some uh, specific product for those guys to go on that hunt so not just what we've got but they have requested a few unique things and a few things that i'm i'm trying to build for fall 20 Mm -hmm. and potentially fall 21 um that we're building these guys to go out and and do this extreme hunt Man, um, that, that's how you keep pushing the envelope yeah, is supporting yeah. these guys that, that, that have this passion for yeah. it and that are going out that yeah. need specific gear. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah, they asked me if I wanted to go, and I, I thought about it, and I'm like, I am not so sure this is, uh, you know. I, I'm a, I don't think I'm in my prime anymore to go do that, but they got a, they got a great team. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I think, you know, I know that, that we've got the right gear for them, mm-hmm. and then some of the things they requested have really got my – my my mind spinning so i'm surprised you didn't jump on it like you say uh, take you back to your to your olden days when you were hunting goats in the winter time up and through there you're still in really good shape it's really the timing that's just because that that so that hunt i won't give too much away because um i know they're gonna you know uh show it on on some venue but you know it's it's 15 days you know basically in the mountains essentially completely you know disconnected 
they're taking a boat around to the insert, and then from there they're going into the mountains. Mm-hmm. And he know. said the boat, they can't even pull into a dock or no. the ocean. They just got to jump out right. of the boat in right. their waders and yeah. hope it doesn't go over the top yeah. and then shuttle all their gear and all their people. It's a, it's a major adventure. It's yeah. so cool. No, it is. And just unfortunately with my job, but more specifically this time of year, you know, okay. you can see these shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for me to take two weeks off anymore like that. Gotcha. You know? Um, I took 10 days off, I think, for that, you know, 12 days for that BC hunt. Mm-hmm. and uh, But that was a different time of year. So mm-hmm. I said, well, the best I can do is, you know, help you out, get you the gear you need, help you try to build some protos for things you think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we need to tweak something for this or that. Because it's such a specific hunt, right? I mean, it, it truly is. It, it's, a, it's a mountaineering adventure with a hunting component, mm-hmm. really, because you got to get there to hunt those goats Mm -hmm. and that's that's takes so many skill sets that you know very few hunters actually have and you know dustin's going so Mm -hmm. i mean he's he's one of the best right as far as mountain hunters so yeah that's those those big extreme mountain hunts you're right they're they're mountaineering but with an added element when you're when you're bow hunting up there you know you not only have to get to the peak and get back home you got to get up there and survive for days on end class find your quarry you know execute a perfect stock and shot and then hike that thing out it's it's just a it's a different beast yeah mountaineer gets to the top he's achieved the objective he turns around he comes back down you get to the top now you start actually doing what you got there to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's exactly yeah, right. That'll be it'll yeah. be great. It'll be a great adventure for mm-hmm. them. So yeah, that Kelvin Active hoodies. Uh, That's kind of I. I always I try to come out with a flagship or showcase piece. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and that's one. So I was able to hunt in that for a year now, and I took it on that moose hunt. Mm-hmm. And really, what I appreciated was, you know, I designed it in, you know, as initially I designed it to be like this early season piece for elk and archery hunters and stuff like that. But then I wore it as this mid-layer piece within a system up in BC when it was, you know, basically winter was setting in and we rode up into the mountains actually into winter uh, to pursue mountain caribou for a while because they were, they were rutting up there. And uh, I wore that thing every day and then I slept in it at night and it was so nice. And you and I were talking like, don't really wear ball caps anymore. And I mean, I wasn't even wearing a beanie. Mm-hmm. I would pull the hood up, and it was so warm for as light as it was. And then if I warm up hiking, I'd just pull it back down. And uh, so it really surprised me. So it's, I, I think it's a piece you can buy, you know, for your your late August antelope hunt and, and carry it all the way through rifle season. Mm-hmm. And it, so. I think it's kind of a... Not a secret piece or a... I, it's, a it's a piece of gear that I think that... You go to the store and you see it on the shelf and don't realize you need it or right. maybe it doesn't jump right. out at you. Right. But I think once you have it or once you understand what it does, I think it's one of the most important pieces out there. Yeah, I can't wait to get yeah. my hands on um, one. I'm, I'm I think excited. it's really cool. I'm excited to see your excitement. So yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's yeah. pretty neat. So You guys um, have a bunch of cool things out. So I, I just got my um, my new design gaiters. I love those things. Yeah, those the things are They're a lot lighter. They don't absorb any moisture. They don't pick up the burrs in Montana. I like how low they are cut on my shoes so I can wear my tennis shoes or, you know, boots, uh, the, the shorter boots, and yep. I'm not going to get snow inside them. But, yeah, I thought that was a great design, too. You're always coming out with new stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I like to think I get it right all the time. The reality is I don't. And I, I rarely, you know, it's hard to achieve perfection. But, you know, with that, with that Stormfront Gator, we came out with that, um, I think, last year. It's hard to remember sometimes. And, you know, it was a good gator. It was definitely a step improvement over what we had. But I immediately began tweaking on that design again. And so um, I'm I'm really happy with how that came out. Like, it's actually, you know, maybe what it should have been. And um, But it, it's, it's a, you know, it's a great piece. And you'd think, okay, a gator. Like, how important is a gator to my system? But, you know, you and I well know, I'm sure you wore gators on your caribou hunt right mm-hmm. like they're critical 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 yep keeping dry feet dry socks like even early season wet grass absolutely like instead of bringing rain pants absolutely. you can wear a gator and keep yeah. yourself dry yeah no they're so important late season hunts in the snow and the rain yeah. um i wear them in hawaii I'll, I'll be wearing them in arizona here so i'm going to be leaving to arizona as soon as i get oh, done nice. here hunting coos yep. but they have all the, you know everything wants to poke and stick you down there and grab <laughs> a hold of you and if you don't have it you know on the lower part of your legs right everything just bites through your pants and so i'll be wearing them down there every day yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I've done that hump, Arizona. Yeah, you know yeah, I've done that hump before. It's uh, but I, I was looking primarily for mule deer, but okay, boy, it's let's not tell anybody about that because <laughs> isn't <laughs> those that over the truth? The, those over the counter tags in Arizona are so fun. Yeah, you know, I think Stephen just got back. They were down there in December, I think, looking okay. for coos, but. Yeah, it's a good time. It's just action. Like, those things are so fun. Yeah, yeah, they're the secret of the West. And to be able to go do it in January and soak up some sunshine yeah. and get down yeah. there. And I like the process of hunting them. The, they're they're one of, you know, I've, I've heard them referred to as the poor man sheep hunt. As you spend just hours behind your glass picking mm-hmm. apart the landscape. But when I sit down on a vantage point, I'm almost overwhelmed at how much country I can oh, see. It yeah. takes me a half an hour to make one pass through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you get to really live and die behind your glass and it's a spot and stock game and then you're able to turn up multiple of them and so the secret of it is is that we get to go hunt those coos during the rut it's the best time of year and with a bow and arrow they let us hunt almost the entire state so you get to go into the best coos units yeah Yeah, and go hunt them with your bow and arrow down there yeah Yeah, it's something i just love to take advantage of so yeah i can't wait to get down there what are you uh i'm curious because having done it before Mm -hmm. and i learned some lessons but what what uh what are you using for glass? How's what's your what's your system for, for yes. glass? Yes. Um so I I have a system. I would like a better system. <laughs> yeah. Um so so my system consists of ten by forty twos that are mounted on my tripod always. And I, I wasn't very good at glassing off my tripod until I took up coos deer hunting. Mm-hmm. Having your glass still and on that tripod and then being able to catch those coos because they, they blend in so perfectly with it's their crazy. habitat. Yeah. yeah, their gray coat with the, with the rocks and the, the, the brush and things down there, they just blend in so well where if they hold still, you just don't see them. Yeah. And so I tripod up and I glass around with that and then I have my spotting scope that then I keep track of them or I'll glass distant terrain or, you know, coos is funny they're such a small animal they blend in so well so a lot of times if you're glassing you know a mile out you have to switch from your binos to your spotting scope now there are some better systems out there you know i I would love to have a pair of 15s it's just i don't want a pair of cheap 15s you know i'd rather have a a really good pair of 10s that i that i trust and know i can look through so i just need to save my pennies and it just hasn't been in my (laughs) hunting budget to me the most fun it is being able to have the money to go to put gas in my truck and to be it. Right. So a lot of times I make do with what I have and, and it works fine for, for me and where I'm at and, and the mountains I'm hunting, but I would like to have a pair of 15s. Yeah. Now my buddy down there, Miguel Morales at, um, that I'll go down there with and I'll hang out with for a couple of days down there with him. And he knows that country so well. He's the last seven years he has killed a coos over 100 inches with his bow in a wow. row. Yeah, the guy is insane. He's really good he at it. He may be the most successful coos deer hunter I, I've ever heard of. For I sure. think he is, yeah. Wow. And big ones, too. He's killed yeah. 110, 115, wow. just stud coos deer down there. But he uses two Swarovski spotting scopes, and he yep. built a mounting bracket for yep. them and then uses them like a set of binos and glasses yep. around. Now, he only glasses with those. He does carry a pair of binos, and I think he misses some of the uh, up-close things. Well, I won't say that. He's really good at glassing and hunting coos deer. I don't think he misses much. But, you know, that field of view is so narrow right. that glassing up-close can be a little bit tougher. But, yeah, those things, um, they're neat. So we were going to build a setup for it this year, and me and my buddy were going to combine our two scopes and have the mounting bracket to put it on but we didn't quite get done with it but i would like to have a pair of 15s yeah. for it. yeah when i went down uh i i learned from you know somebody i consider it, the person i've been around well, i consider the best person behind glasses uh greg krogh oh so yes. he's you know he's a an outfitter down there and i'm sitting on a knob for a week with him and adam foss and man did I learn a lot about glassing and you're like, what, what's there to learn about glassing? It's like everything. Like if you can't find the animal, like you can't begin to hunt them. And, uh, on that particular hunt, Greg brought, and I won't remember the power, but he brought a pair of doctor optics. Oh yeah. The docks, the docks, right. Which is essentially like what you described, like Mm -hmm. two spotting scopes put together. And, uh, obviously you, you glass off of, uh, off of a tripod with that and then adam you know obviously not having doctor optics but adam had um here's his system i know he's talked about this before but he had um 15s on a tripod Mm -hmm. he had a chair 
which was, I think, one of these uh, X-ped chairs, mm-hmm. right? And then he had an umbrella even that he could set up behind the chair if he had sun on him to cut down the glare on the glass in his face. Mm-hmm. And I had a pair of 10 by 42s without a tripod, and man, did I struggle. <laughs> I mean, literally, I was almost ineffective at finding deer. Like, once they told me where a deer was, I could eventually find it. Um, but just being able to sit there, relax, the, the binoculars on a tripod, like... Mm-hmm. All of that. It's and, so uh, difficult to pick them out, and it, it takes is. a little while to it get your coos eyes on you, yeah, too. Yeah. My buddy Dan's a great glasser. I took him down uh, last year down there, but he just hasn't ever hunted a coos deer before. Yeah. And so, you know, I found at the beginning that I was uh, I was picking out all the deer, but by the end, you know, we were about half and half yeah. again. But it takes a little while to get your coos eyes on and, you, and too. And they're not the biggest deer, are they? No. I mean, they're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. can hide in the grass. They can disappear. Uh, they disappear constantly. You'll be watching one. If you get your eyes off it for a second, that thing is gone. Yeah. 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 Disappear into thin air. You know, hence the name, the gray ghost. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so this is kind of a good segue to talk about another product that I got coming out in 2019. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's something we haven't done before. It's a product offering we haven't offered. But it was one that um, we were able to do. And I'm really pleased at how it came out, but we're calling it the flash shelter. Mm-hmm. And so there's a flash shelter that's 8 by 10 and then a flash shelter, shelter that's 10 by 12. And they're Optifade printed. So those are the only ones in the world that have uh, subalpine or open country on them. And it's a 40D uh, sill nylon textile. So really lightweight. And most most of those lightweight tarps are generally 30D. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose to go with 40D for a couple reasons uh one so we had to develop like a lot of things we do we had to develop this because we had to print it so we had to develop the 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 textile first get it impregnated with the silicone that we needed um to meet all our specs and then printed it which was a feed into itself but because it was so lightweight you know you print on one side but it printed clean through the fabric so it's optifade printed on both sides so you know we were talking if you're colorado and you know you're 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 posted up looking into a basin and you have hikers below you you know you don't want to necessarily know you're there right and so if they look up they're not going to see like a yellow tarp or a blue tarp or something like that they're going to see print and conversely if people are up top and they're glassing looking down on you they're not going to see you from from up above but um but the tarps we have are they haven't I've been using the term elegant. They have kind of an elegant shape. They're, they're like scalloped edges. It's not just a triangle or, a, I'm sorry, a rectangle or a square. Um, and, and what that allows you to do is pitch this in multiple configurations without having um, kind of that leading edge sometimes gets a little flappy in the wind mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So we've been able to kind of eliminate that. Um, Didn't you say 60 mile an hour winds is what it's rated for? Yeah, and I, I won't be able to completely – I forget the uh, – I forget like the head pressure rating, but but yeah, it, it essentially equates to like sixty mile an hour winds. It'll wow. hold back, right? And uh, super a, lightweight. It's got a UPF of twenty nine. Oh wow, which okay. is super cool, right? Yep. Obviously, uh, water was you know water proof, mm-hmm. uh, snow proof. Um, but then yeah, the the eight by ten is sixteen ounces, mm-hmm. so one pound, and that's that's including uh, forty eight foot of cord, right? Mm-hmm. So six six main guy out points and I think 10 or 12 uh, intermediate guy out points. But anyway, six, six major. So 16 ounces for the eight by 10, 24 ounces or a pound and a half for that, for the 10 by 12. But, mm-hmm. you know, to get that UPF rating, I thought was huge because, you know, you may not, uh, clearly, you know, you may not encounter uh, rain or snow while you're down. At least I hope you don't. But you're going to be glassing in the sun for long periods of time. So, yes. you know, we took it on antelope hunts and things like that where we were glassing. Um, and then obviously if you're, you know, up on a knob glassing for moose or brown bear or whatever, you know, the wind, the rain, those are super important things. High country so, of Colorado is where it would be perfect yeah, sitting yeah. on a vantage point. Yeah, Okay, absolutely. so they're a lightweight shelter. You could also use them as a tarp for glassing. And, and then how do they set up? Um, so um, you can pitch them, you know, with those uh, with those six guile points. So there's essentially a, a, a tip and a tail, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a – I wouldn't even know. I'm not a geometry major. I wouldn't even know how to describe the, the shape. But there's a tip and a tail. So it allows you to pitch it uh, as, a, as a lean-to, as an A-frame, you know, just as a tarp above your tent. 
uh, multiple configurations, but also on the center line, um, on the bottom side, there's two pole pockets. So you can pitch it um, basically with two trekking poles. Oh, right? cool. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, just – and, uh, you know, you'd think, well, that just sounds pretty simple. But, you know, sometimes the simplest things are not the easiest to, to you know, to kind of get done. Um, but really stoked on how those turned out. And, oh, man, uh, I got to wrestle one away from you. That yeah. Down in uh, Coos Deer hunting in January down there, that sun just beats down oh, on you. Just, and yeah. you can't hide from it. And and it's just inevitable when you find some shade, then you can't see the feature that yeah. you want to see. Yeah. You want to be able to sit out where you have the best vantage point, yeah. but there's never shade there. Right. You know, and it just bakes you in the sun. Yeah. But if you had that set up and you could sit behind it with your chair, with your tripod, man, would you be effective. Yeah. And so you you could use that to sleep in it you could use it to glass from it yep. now my next question is is um you said it uh you know it's uh, definitely waterproof and snowproof what about in the winter time have you guys thought about like a stove setup or is it just not designed for that where it's not fire resistant but that's where my thought process goes is i hunted some good late season mountain hunts but i had to get in there light i'd like to have like a light yeah. shelter stove yeah. set up so uh, you know and i by no means am i implying that we would ever get into shit like true tents mm -hmm. um but yeah this was more of a lightweight tarp slash shelter right i wanted it to be able to pitch you know if you you, you can absolutely bivy out in it and, yes. and sleep under it um one of the things we did that was just you know it's just it's just something that we do at Sitka, but there is a, uh, a flame resistant coating on it as well. Mm -hmm. So what I learned when I was developing these is most of these silicone, uh, textiles, mm -hmm. if you, if they were somehow to catch on fire, mm -hmm. then they, they keep burning. They won't self extinguish. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I just, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. So mm -hmm. we wanted to take, you know, just one step further and kind of apply that treatment. But, it's not like you, there's no stove jack or anything like yep. that in it, you know. Um, and, you know, maybe this is as far as we go with shelters. I, I have no idea, you know. But I, I w it could keep going further. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, the thing is, Brian, it's like we were talking earlier. It's like you're a hunter. I'm a hunter. You know, people at Sick are hunters. Like, I mean, every, you know, every job is a job. But I have a great job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just try to make things that. I think my buddies would like, mm -hmm. and I've always wanted, and other hunters would want, and uh, and and that's just kind of what we're doing right now. It's like, oh, I think I can really make a difference in in this particular mm -hmm. space, or I think I can make this better. Hey, this guy's been saying he's got this this problem, and yeah, I think I've had that problem too, and I'll bet other hunters have had that problem. And then you just start kind of going down that rabbit hole, and you know, oh, you're some sometimes you come out the other end with the product. You know, a lot of times you don't, but man you're but, uh, spot on you guys yeah. are designing products for me and for like-minded bow hunters like uh, yeah. i'm just so impressed with the product so where that's going to come in really handy for me you know not only glassing down in arizona but i just find myself bivy hunting so much yeah. and i look at it and yeah my 10 only weighs a couple pounds but I just end up ditching it because of weight, you know, three pounds for the, um, you know, for the 110, I, you know, I've got a couple different shelters that I use, yeah. but I find myself ditching it and taking that bivy sack, which I hate bivy sack camping. <laughs> it's the too. worst, you know, yeah, if you too. get in, you know, if it's nice weather and you're only staying a night, it's not bad, yeah. but boy, I mean, if you get any weather at all, I mean, this year I found myself sleeping in a ditch and pouring rain all <laughs> night and in my bivy sack. And man, if I would have had that shelter, not only would it have been shelter for me, but I had two buddies with me yeah all three of us could have gone in there yeah. my bivy sack weighs 16 ounces yeah so yeah. all of a sudden i can leave my bivy sack and just take that shelter and, and i can actually be comfortable right, all the way right. through august through october or whatever i can be comfortable and have a shelter and get out of the weather yeah so man that product is just it's perfect for me it's designed for me so yeah, yeah cool. you guys are at the forefront uh the, the leading edge of designing stuff for us us backcountry bow hunters yeah and backcountry hunters in general yeah 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 well i mean i'm one of them right so that's right I, I think i can relate and um yeah bivy sack hunting it always sounds romantic until the weather turns bad <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> i spent some so of the most true. miserable nights of my life in bivy sacks you know right but uh but yeah i mean there's a place for them but anyway so yeah the flash shelter was a cool one and then uh um as you know we we uh reset our pack program what i say reset our pack program um last year when we came out with that mountain hauler 6200 and 
um, you know, I just thought that if you're a serious hunting company, you need to have serious packs to, to haul meat out of the field. And uh, so that, that we came out with that last year. It's kind of the flagship model, the biggest one. But but I always knew, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm always working so many years ahead, but I always knew that, you know, that's a great pack and that's, you know, guides will use that and guy that's going to go, you know, off the grid for seven or eight days, whatever the case may be. But, you know, most of us out West will go in for a weekend, right? Or a three day or an overnighter, or sometimes we're just hunting for the day. But man, if you get a bull down or you get a buck, like, I don't know about you, but I want to get meat out of the field. I want to make as few trips as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you and I, where we live, we have to contend with grizzly bears. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really want to go back there too Mm -hmm. many times. Uh, So anyways, with all that said, we came out with the Mountain Hauler 4000 this year. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a similar frame, but not an exact frame as a 6200. Um, But the suspension's the same. So the waist belt, the shoulder yoke, it's fully, you know, adjustable, two sizes. Um, But the pack bag is completely different, like completely redesigned. Um, still has the load carriage, the internal load carriage, and still has the antler straps. But, you know, you'll find two really big pockets on the outside that are really easily accessible for spotting scopes or tripods or, you know, sometimes I put my tent poles in there or whatever the case may be. Um, and right behind that is a big uh, expandable stuff pocket. So just a big mesh panel that, you know, you can jam that Kelvin Active hoodie down in there, whatever the case may be. Um, but then the one thing about the 6200, and uh, it was just from some design constraints, is external access to the internal the internal uh, pack bag. And so what you'll find on the 4000 is a giant upside-down U-shaped zipper. And it's got three slider heads on the zipper, so it, it might be slightly difficult to explain. But normally on a zipper you have, you know, maybe one or two, you know, zipper pulls with the slider. Mm-hmm. We were able to put three on the zipper, and so what that allowed you to do is how many times you've dropped your pack, and you don't think about it, and you dropped it on the wrong side, and you're like, that's where the zipper is in the mud now, and then you have to turn the pack over, but oh, I wait, I put my gun on that side, you know, this and that. So with three zipper heads, it allows you to position them so you can zip from the left or the right, you can zip from the top, it gives you all kinds of configurations and you know when you're kind of running on empty sometimes the littlest thing just kind of like ah, i can't stand it you know so just great access and then i've been able to um load meat through that panel now when i'm ready to like haul a quarter out so i'm just really stoked on how the 4000 came out and you know full disclosure when it's uh you know kind of zipped down and all the pockets are full it's 3750 cubic inches so i think it's like the perfect size for you know a lot of guys and still big enough to carry some meat out mm-hmm. but then if you expand the volume um the similar to how we did the 6200 it actually expands uh, i believe off the top of my head another 850 cubes wow so it's actually a 4500 cubic inch pack and mm-hmm. it's fully expanded mode um what's I, the weight of it you know? I, I didn't I, you know i knew you were gonna ask that but <laughs> it's it's in the i don't know I, I don't know. I think it's in the upper threes, but don't man, yeah. don't 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 quote no, me on I that. Won't. But I, I won't. But I think it's I know on. it's light because you guys went all in on these packs, and I was yeah. so impressed with the sixty two hundred. I need to go down and check out that four thousand. You guys have it in there. Yeah, the we do. There, yeah, right? no, I, th- I I'm excited about it, and uh, you know I'm a, I'm a I'm a pretty blessed guy, but um, you know I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I was able to haul six bulls out of the field. Somebody might say, no, that's not blessed. That's cursed. But, <laughs> um, and they weren't all mine, obviously, you know, but, but this year um, with that pack. And uh, so really got to just be around some guys who were successful and, you know, got a lot of, got a lot of stuff out of the field. But I'm really stoked how it came out. And um, it's definitely going to be my, my kind of go-to, you know, Western hunting pack. And then we, uh, we brought out a day pack as well, and it's called the Mountain 2700. And so that's 2,700 cubic inches, fixed suspension, uh, no adjustability necessarily, just a great day pack. Shares some of the architecture in the bag from the 4,000. So, you know, two big external pockets, just easy access to anything you would want for scouting, day hunting, you know, maybe shed hunting, things like that. No expectation to carry meat. It's got two aluminum frays and a uh, polycarbonate, you know, frame, but, you know... 
I've I've tested it, and and we I'm I'm saying comfortably carry 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. So some of our day packs we've had around for a while will you know begin to go away, and then we'll we'll shepherd in these three new packs um, in the big game. And then the the in some regard the most exciting thing to me is you know we, in 2017 we did the women's line. Um, in 2019, we've made a second complementary system to what we did. So for those early seasons, um, we've got, you know, women's ascent pants. Uh, we've got women's merino base layers. One even has a hood. Like, I'm jealous, but like a lightweight merino base layer with the hood. We, you know, mm-hmm. we've been talking hoods. Um, just a bunch of stuff. Uh, a, a core active tank, a vest, a bunch of things like that. But we also have a woman's mountain 2700 pack now and so there's been a lot of research done not just by us but other people um our design team and you know there's different women are shaped different than men my packs never fit my wife no that's an obvious one and so we were able to you know take the same construction of the bag and then tweak the frame and the waist belt and the different angles and and cupping of the hip belt and all that so you know it's just we we made a commitment in 2017 to make the best gear we could for women, mm-hmm. and so, you know, in 2019 we're continuing uh, with that. So, mm-hmm. so just really excited. So, you know, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a few things. There's a glove here and there, but um, but generally for for big game, that's uh, that's it. But but more importantly, I think for the entire brand, mm-hmm. and we were talking, we completely reset our base layers, mm-hmm. and you know, at first you're like base layers i don't know that doesn't sound too sexy like talking about underwear and stuff but um three years ago we decided that you know sitka builds systems and when i try to build a product like i build it with a a clothing system in mind and and um and and layering and all these kind of things so you know you're you work in construction right so you wouldn't build a house without a foundation and so you can't build a clothing system without a base layer because the base layer is the foundation. Like something has to go next to your skin. And so what we did is for three years, we worked on developing our own textiles, a lightweight, a midweight, and a heavyweight. So the same, I love that. The same three weights we've had, yep. uh, the same three type of weights we've had. But what we were able to achieve is uh, all of them are slightly lighter. Mm-hmm. They're really optimized better to work as a, uh, those three layers as a system. Um, so the garments overall, they dry faster. We have an increased UPF rating. Um, what else? Uh, we have adjusted, although most people wouldn't notice, we've adjusted some of the seams, tried to eliminate some of the seams if we could, because any, any seam is a potential chafing area. Mm-hmm. Um, so eliminated some of the seams. We developed a new mesh to go into our face mask of like the core lightweight hoodie we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these textiles are proprietary to Sitka, which is super cool. Like that's just what we do. Um, I like to say scratch, make the biscuit. Right. Um, and then just the way it worked out is, uh, we were able to, um, find a mill, a print facility that was near our factory, all in Central America. So all in one Central American country, we're able to make the textile, print it, build it into a garment and then ship it to us. So we've cut down, you know, our carbon footprint, which, you know, we care about the environment, right? I mean, that's where the critters live. We love going in the mountains. So we were able to, you know, stop shipping things all over the world to build one garment, or, you know, or print it here in this country, make it here in this country, et cetera. So right there, we're able to do that, which allows us to make, you know, not only a better product, cuts down our carbon footprint, and then we are able to get the product faster. So, you know, if we start selling out, we're able to maybe react a little uh, quicker than we've been in the past. Mm-hmm. So we're just really excited to to kind of roll that out and, and reset. And, you know, the way I look at it is, yeah, maybe the underwear, <laughs> you know, or base layer, I, I don't want to be demeaning, but I, I joke sometimes. I'm like, ah, it's just underwear. But the base layer, like if, if you improve the performance of the base layer, you, then in turn you have improved the performance of every other system that, that goes on over top of that base layer so we've we've been able to improve you know the systems that Sitka offers because of that foundational layer so um, pretty excited it was a lot of work you know our textile engineer has been working on it forever and um, you know I've been uh, a lot of other people but I've been field testing that for over a, over a year now so yeah I think uh, I think people are really going to be stoked. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, field testing it. Yeah, you get a real good feel for how it's going to operate. And you're right, that base layer is so important to the rest of your system working. Yeah. If yeah. your base layer gets soaked with sweat, your other layers aren't doing any good. You exactly. Know? So, exactly. yeah, how cool. Redesign that. I love that you have three weights of them. I think that is so cool. You know, the, the you, you just use a different weight for every different hunt. The, there's a, there's a, a fit that fits that hunt perfectly. Yep. And when you have yep. that weight, it, it operates correctly. So yep. how neat, yeah, and and the packs. I'm I'm just super excited to go check out that four thousand. And, and like you say, it could be a a day pack, it could be a, a multiple day pack. But I find myself too, as I like to be so lightweight that that I'll find myself using that four thousand for even extended trips and just fitting yeah. my gear into it. Yeah, you and know? I think you can. I think it, you yeah. know, if it, it, depending on the system you use, yeah, I, I absolutely think you can do that. Yeah, and I like yeah. that it's built to pack the weight to get you know a deer and elk out of country. But it, it just, um, like I say, you guys went all in on your pack designs and are competing with the top of the market now with your packs. And yeah. so, you know, I like those packs that pack the weight well, that you don't have to worry about things breaking on them, yeah. things letting down. And also that you can get the weight on your hips, off your shoulders, or, you know, then when you're you're going downhill to get it back on your shoulders and off your hips. And, um, yeah, I think you guys have absolutely accomplished that. Yeah, I can't wait to check out that 4,000 and try it out. Yeah, and, you know, obviously we're talking big game hunting, but, you know, this year we were able to expand that into the other categories as well. So there's some really, I mean, one of the pack, I would say one of the packs in each of the waterfowl and whitetail categories mm-hmm. is just, it. they're amazing. Like, they're absolutely amazing what these guys have done in these other categories. And, uh, you know, I'll let them talk about that at, at a different time. But, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that... Uh, if we were going to stay in that building packs for people that, you know, we were going to build the best we could or we weren't going to do it anymore. And so I, I, I'm really pleased that the efforts paid off, uh, at least for me anyways. Yeah, I, I think I you accomplished it. I'm super yeah. impressed with yeah. the 6,200. Oh, and yeah, I can't wait yeah. to check out the 4,000. And then what was the day pack you said? The 2,700. 2,700. Yeah, yep. I want to check yep. out that one too. Yep. Yeah, it just designed for hunters. Like, I just love that um, you're so passionate about hunting and <laughs> Does adventure. Does that come across in when I talk? <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and uh, I, I just uh, I really like hearing about your adventures. You had this season. You're such a diehard bow hunter. You had a oh, great yeah. season yeah. season this year, yeah. British Columbia, and you talked about the the rodeo getting out of there. Boy, oh, that man. that seemed like a wild ride. Anytime you, you incorporate horses, it, you just got to count on that. It's just going to be a rodeo. Yeah. And uh, I, I had I had not done that much. Well, I've never done that much riding, period. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I had ridden in 20 years. So you want to talk about getting back in the saddle. But I really en- I enjoyed that component of the hunt. I really did enjoy that. And I didn't know going in if I would. Okay. Um, you're able to take in a lot of the scenery as you're, as you're riding. It's a little bit different than hiking. You can kind of take in your setting and your surrounding and and look around a little bit more you just seem to take quite a bit in and i'm not a big horse guy but you know for those big animals like moose or for elk you know that they're made for horses and hunting way like a super remote country like you were yeah Um, yeah best i can figure you know with gps and stuff you know we covered 120 miles wow in uh in 12 days and yeah it was good it was it was really enjoyable but you know, like we were talking, I mean, some, some seasons are, uh, some seasons you're really successful and mm-hmm. things seem to come easy and then you train real hard that winter. And then the next season, it's just a struggle mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily cause anything you did or didn't do. It mm-hmm. just happens that way. And so, you know, my season overall was, it was great. I, I would never complain that I got to hunt. Um, I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but you know, opportunities just didn't fall my way sometimes, but you know, ultimately it worked out great and I am not complaining. I mean, I was able to, you know, kill two bulls this year and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a couple whitetail, but, um, but it, you know what it did? It just fired me up to double down on my training this year. Cause I don't ever want, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't be Cam Haynes, right. And go run a marathon I, every day. I can't do that. But, um, but I'm doubling down on my training. I'm doubling down on my shooting. You know, I broke down my, uh, you know, John Dudley is, uh, is on board with us now. And mm-hmm. so he's got his school of knock. And so I just, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm putting my ego aside. I'm breaking down my form from all the way down to zero. And I'm going to build it back up this winter. And I'm just, I'm so fired up for spring bear. I mean, just, you know, 
That is so it's cool, cool. John. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm stoked you're going. I'm stoked you're going down to hunt coos. Um, I I, I want to do that again, but it's January is just such a busy mm-hmm. time for me, you yep. know. But I'm I'm excited for you to go down there. That is really fun to hear, John. Yeah, yeah just uh, I relate so much, you know. And uh, even though you know you had a successful season, I had a successful season. I I still, you know, you just fall short in a couple areas or, yeah. or want more out of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, to to really work and not um, like with your archery to let your ego aside, work on your form and try to improve and get better. And I think the last couple of years I I shoot my arrows, I mess with my bows, I I tweak with them, but I really haven't been pushing to improve and get Mm -hmm. better. And that's what I'm trying to do this season too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to to work with my bow more um, driven, more driven to be in better. Just trying to optimize myself for hunting Mm -hmm. season because it's so fun to challenge ourselves and it's, um, and it, it, it doesn't come easy in some seasons it does seem to fall in your lap yeah, and other seasons yeah. you have to fight for it, but just the better we can be in the mountains, the more prepared we can be, you know, the, the more fun we're going to have on these hunts and the more success we're going to see. Yeah. Fun success. And it just seems like, you know, the, the, the more I, I train, be it, you know, physically or mentally or, you know, shooting my bow, whatever. Um, and that confidence builds up it, to me, it gives me the confidence like that I can make the shot to go, you know what? I'm going to go a couple more miles in because you're like, I can make the effort because when, when I get that opportunity, I know I can capitalize on it. You know, whereas if you're kind of doubting yourself and stuff, it's like, man, do I really want to push into the next basin? And, you know, do I really want to stay out here an extra day? And, and, uh, anyways, for me, that's what it does. It just, you know, that confidence just helps me push harder when I need to. And, you know, maybe it's not the the easiest season that year and it's like nah we'll just i i know if i get an opportunity and i got um for elk anyways i got i got two opportunities they were very quick fleeting opportunities and there was not at one moment in time did i ever question i could make that shot and mm-hmm. um interestingly enough both of the scenarios were were similar i talked about this uh i talked about this on another podcast but um they were they were quicker type developing scenarios and I did not have a time to range um and I do try to practice like unmarked yardages mm-hmm. and they were both you know 30 35 type yard shots um and I just okay those were the two opportunities I had all year and took care of it you know and uh I I never want to say I got lucky although I always take luck mm-hmm. you just want to make sure you can do everything you can preparation wise to mm-hmm. go I have my my equipment's impeccable, right? I mean, my brothers are flying great with the arrow setup, and and uh, and every year I just try to break myself down and say, okay, what can I work on better? So this year, you know, a bunch of things. Not to turn this into an archery podcast, but I decided I'm going to shoot a hinge release. Mm-hmm. I've never shot one. I've shot a back tension. I've shot a bunch of animals with uh, the silver back release, and I'm like, you know what? I want to learn more about archery. I want to shoot this hinge release. I know there's something I can learn here mm-hmm. that I can relate back to my hunting setup. And so that's one of the things I'm working on. Good so, for you. Taking yourself yeah. out of your comfort level to grow as a person yeah, and grow as a easy, hunter. It isn't easy. No, it's no not. like you say, you almost got to let your ego go aside. And like, I, you know, and, and we all have it. I have it for big game as well, where yeah. you, you don't want to start over. You don't want to be at the, not knowing no, how I to do No, I definitely don't want to start yeah, over. Yeah, but that, those hinge releases, um, they they challenge you, but boy, they make you execute correctly every single time. Um, God, they're just a great release, aren't they? They're yeah. so accurate. Yeah, I got a couple friends now that uh, you know they've they, they've they've watched me progress, and and uh, so they've 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 committed to doing it. And I said, that's what you got to do. You got to commit. I said, because mm-hmm. here's the thing: you're going to get worse mm-hmm. before you get better, exactly. and that and that definitely hurts the ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. Um, and, and both of them have, you know, I've been stoked, but they've been, they've been committed. They've stuck to the process and, you know, I guarantee you come, come spring running after bears, like we're going to be, we're going to be deadly, mm-hmm. you know, as deadly as we can be that year. Mm-hmm. And then we'll try to be de- more deadly the next year. Man, so. how cool. Well, I got to let you get back, but I just want to touch on one of the things you said, and we'll end on this, but, um, that confidence in the mountains, the confidence to go over the next hill, that is so important. And that comes from from practice and and building that like you it, 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 and 
and, and that allows you to put that effort to go over that next ridge. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest challenges for guys that go get into bow hunting that have been rifle hunting mm-hmm. is they don't believe in that bow or believe right, they can kill right, that animal. Right. Therefore, they don't put the effort and they don't see the success. But you're right. You have to build that confidence, improve, and, and then you walk around the mountains. And I feel like all I need is a sliver of opportunity. Abs- absolutely. And I will stick that arrow right where it needs to be. Yep. So if I see a muley and he's five miles away, watch this. Hold my beer. Here I go. I'm going for it. You know, there, there's, you know, yeah. you can, you can yeah. just put it all on the line when you believe in yourself like that. Yeah. And to have that belief in yourself comes from hard work, dedication, and discipline. And that's what you're doing right now in the off season and what we should all be doing. Yeah. Well, I know you're a big proponent of that too, but you're so right. I mean, I, you know, I've been carrying a bull around, you know, the hills so long now, you know, and people don't see the journey that you, you know, how many years have you, has it taken you to get here? I think I'm 30 or 31 this year, uh, years of bow hunting, something like that. But I thought you were going to say 30 years old. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not 30 years old. But, uh, but you know, it used to be very daunting to go into the mountains with a bow in your hand. And you felt so small, and I still do. I appreciate that. That's yeah. one of the things I like about bow hunting. But I know if I get an opportunity, I, I know I can capitalize on it, you know. And, and you, you're not, you know, I, I, I miss some shots. You know, I miss, I miss like everybody else. But it's like I want to mitigate that as much as possible. I think, well, I think we owe it to the animal, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You want to make that, that, that clean ethical shot. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, but that confidence is everything. And it, it takes a long time to get it. And then once you get it, then you got to keep it, mm-hmm. you know, because it can go. It's fleeting. So, it is. Yeah, you can't rest on your yeah. laurels. You have to keep working yeah. hard at it. Well, like yeah. all your mountain runs and stuff you do, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you're building mental strength, you're building mm-hmm. physical strength, but it's that confidence, too, to go, no, if I go in there, I can get that animal out. Mm-hmm. I know I'm capable of doing that. It's not a question. It's yep. just like, well, it might suck, but it, and it'll be some hard work, but no, we can do that. And then you just go do it. You just charge in there. You, mm-hmm. you drop to the bottom of that hellhole with a bull's bugle, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's so fun to talk to you, John. Again, oh, we I could just, talk all day, right? But I, I, I can't. I got to get back. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I got to get you back. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. Okay. Yeah, stoked. All right, all right guys, that's a wrap. Um, really fun conversation with John. Uh, I really like that guy. I I have um, in, interesting talks with him, you know, whether we're on the podcast or not. Uh, he, he's just um, such a diehard bow hunter. Uh He's a, a fan of the podcast. He listens to it and, and likes it. And so I always appreciate the feedback. And um, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about him. Um, there, there's a reason he's in charge of, of big game there at Sitka. Um, he, he just does a fantastic job and, and has so much passion for the job and so much passion for hunting. So uh, just a great guy and, and um, one of the busiest guys at the show. So I really appreciate him taking the time. And sponsor for today is Sitka. Again, just building the the, the best uh, technical mountaineering gear on the planet. Um, I just can't say enough about their gear and their systems. And and you don't need absolutely everything to go out in the woods, that's for sure. But just a few of their essential items, you know, their heavyweight hoodie, you know, uh, 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 you know, whatever pants you like i like the ascent pants and um you know you can just buy one system and then kind of add to it but then you just have this this system of clothing that'll keep you warm and dry and safe in any weather conditions and it's just so nice to to have and to trust it and i know when i have that stuff in my gear it does it, it doesn't matter what weather I run into, whether it's cold, whether it's snow, rain, wind, whatever it is, that, that I've got the right clothing system to, to be able to stay out there and hunt hard. And so it makes me more effective in the hills. So uh, thanks to those guys for everything they do and continuing to evolve and, and push their clothing line to either, even a higher level. So um, I just can't say enough good things about them and, and uh, just really appreciate the support. And with that, I got to get down to the desert here. I know that's probably all I talk about on these intros and endings, but I, uh, you know, when I do the intros and endings, it's all about what I'm thinking about right now. I cannot get bow hunting off my mind. I got that bow absolutely dialed in everything I need. I just got to get down to the desert and get hunting. So I'll try to post some Instagram stories, try to make some posts here. I've, I've, uh, um, I've been missing from uh, social media here, just so busy with the ATA, getting recordings and then getting back. I just haven't been taking the time, uh, but I need to. 
Uh, I've got a bunch of great content to put out this year. And then I love posting real-time content. I think that's really good for, or I think that's what social media is meant for. So when you're on a hunt, posting photos and video of that hunt. And uh, so I'm going to gonna do that while I'm down here in AZ. And um, yeah, just going to hunt really hard, put on some miles, and just really enjoy myself. i am uh, got that house done. And so as far as construction-wise, I just don't have much stress on my shoulders. We... Um, got uh, pretty easy jobs going right now that the guys can kind of take care of and handle. And so, um, yeah, I've kind of got, um, free roam. I, I can, um, I can go down there and have fun and have everything off my mind. And so this is the way I, I have to get my mind before these hunts, you know, coming up this fall, just how important it is. I know towards the end of hunting season, trying to get that house done, um, I had a little bit more stress on my shoulders than I like, but you have to get really good at handling it and, um, and, and then making the most of your time off and, and getting your mind clear and hunting hard. And, um, so that's exactly what I'm going to do on this trip. So, um, thanks a bunch, you guys, for all the support. Um, keep working hard towards your goals. All that hard work pays off in the end. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll check in with you guys next week, hopefully with the giant coos deer.